on, Lord, we fix our eyes on you today. I just encourage you right now. Come on, fix your eyes on Jesus. Paul said it in the Word that I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep that which I commit unto him until that day. Come on, whatever it is that you're trying to keep in your own strength or hold on to your own strength, I need you to fix your eyes on Christ today. That he can keep and hold on to what you're trying to hold together. You can't hold it together in your own strength and capacity. Come on, hope has a name. Strength has a name. Faith has a name. Jesus, we look to you today. We fix our eyes on you, God. You're undefeated. You've never lost a battle, Jesus, and you won't start now. So we look to you, God. I know there's a lot of things that are trying to get our attention and get us to focus our eyes on, God, but we fix our eyes again on you this morning. If we ever wonder what you're doing or what you look like, we can just look at Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, that you are God in the flesh, the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. You've given us fullness of deity in bodily form. You've given us a picture of God. Thank you that you went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with you. Thank you, Lord, that we can see that God is with us and working through us. And we again, fix our eyes on you. I just, as we were singing, I just heard the Holy Spirit just, it reminded me of a story in my own life years ago. I don't know, and not, sometimes he gives me these pictures, but I was with my father and my aunt, his sister, and we were actually, I was water skiing on Lake Cumberland. And, and as I was skiing, there were two of them in the boat, and if you know anything about skiing, you, you have a driver, and then you have to have a spotter to watch if the skier falls or gets hurt. I don't know, I was about 10 or 12 years old, and I was skiing, and my father and his sister got into a conversation. This is weird that I remember this during worship. <laughs> they got into a conversation, and they began to talk. And they, didn't, they weren't looking at me at all. And I was back there, and I'm like, hey, uh, part of y'all's job is to watch me. <laughs> And I got ticked off and let go of the rope. Just let myself go in the middle of the lake to see how long they would not notice. <laughs> they went about a half a mile. <laughs> Finally realized that I wasn't back there. And, and I, I think some of you feel like that with God, that he's not paying attention to you or that he's not watching you or that he's distracted and your eyes have gotten to a place where you're not focused on him anymore and you just kind of let go of the rope and you're just kind of like, let's see if he notices. And I'm just here to tell you that God doesn't sit down on the job, that God doesn't get distracted in a conversation that doesn't have you included in it, that, that God is paying attention and you don't have to let go of the rope. You don't have to worry if he knows where you are right now in this moment in time. God knows. And so I just want to encourage you, listen, be full of faith. Fix your eyes. Even if you feel like his eyes aren't on you, fix your eyes on him. I promise you he'll show up. They turn the boat around eventually. But I just want to encourage you with that. With everything that's being a distraction today in this day and hour, let's fix our eyes on Jesus. Father, we just fix our eyes on you this morning. Jesus, we thank you that you are a representation and you are God and you gave us a picture of God and that you, and that you would reveal to us more aspects of a good father. That if we see you more today by the power of the Holy Spirit, we can actually see a good Heavenly Father more clearly. I pray that every person across this room, under the sound of my voice, and those that they're related to or connected to, would see some aspect of the glory of God in a new way, in a new facet today. Maybe it's strength they need. Maybe it's faith they need. Maybe it's vision or maybe it's healing. Maybe it's, maybe it's I don't know, boldness. Whatever it is they need today, God, be that to them in this moment in history. In Jesus' name, come on, everyone said amen. Amen, amen. Look at somebody as you grab your seat and say, 
He's watching you. He's got his eyes on you. Tell a couple people as you take your seat. He's watching you. You're not alone. Good, 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 good. We are a talk back church, so if you aren't used to me telling you to talk to somebody and say something, you can do it. It's okay. We get loud in here, and uh, it is so good to be at church with you this morning. I'm so thankful for Transformation Church, guys. I'm such an honor to be a part of this team and to be a part of this church with you, and so... I'm just encouraged that we are here in the house of God together, and uh, God has already done something amazing in our first service. Uh, three people gave their life to Christ. Come on, eternity, eternity opened up its doors in the name of Jesus, and people made an eternal decision uh, to walk with Christ, and so I'm, I'm just so humbled with, with tears in my eyes, first service, leading those individuals in that prayer. I'm so thankful that God's on the move, even in the middle of our masks, and so um, I also want to say a great job serving our city yesterday. We had 100 people go out serving our community. Thank you for all of you that served, and some of you I know couldn't be there. Some of you uh, maybe weren't comfortable going out like that. And, and we had people online, a whole uh, church campus online that has been engaged with us. And so I just want to say, even if you couldn't go out yesterday, thank you for your faith, your boldness, your generosity uh, to, to make it uh, available to, for us to go serve in a community like this. We, we impacted over 10,000 people, I know, um, because we packed 10,000 diapers yesterday. So at least 10,000 uh, were impacted. And so uh, we also served uh, at gas stations. We served at laundromats. We gave away free gas. We, you saw the videos, but even in first service, some of you maybe this service are here because you met us yesterday. And uh, in first service, I know we had people that were here and they said, I, I was greeted yesterday and I met you yesterday and I wanted to come. And, and listen to me, that's the greatest story of Jesus. He was the first missionary, left his home, left his comfort zone, left his throne, came across the universe to our planet to get into our world so we could come into his world. And so I'm thankful that you're a church that we brave enough and bold enough to leave the comforts of your home to get out into the world so people could come to the world of Jesus. Love y'all so much. We are in treat for a treat today. We've got something called five on five. Come on, give it up for five on five. These guys have a word in their heart. And um, every year we do Summer at Transformation and we do a five-on-five -five moment where it's not all about me. It's not all about what I say. I, you know, people say, well, the pastor's not speaking. Well, I don't want to know. It's not about one gift or two gifts of the house. It's about the sacrifices and gifts of all of us. And part of this is so you can see that there's things inside of you that God wants to use. And so a lot of times people say to me, man, what you said, pastor, that day changed my entire life. And I didn't even say that. I'm like, I didn't say They misquoted me. I, don't, I didn't say that because the Holy Spirit's saying things to you and the Holy Spirit's speaking things to you you that maybe we didn't even plan for him to to say through us in that way and so I just want you to know open your heart because the Holy Spirit wants to say something to you in every single message that these guys and girls carry and so I'm so encouraged that the word they have on their heart for you open your heart up and give a big transformation church welcome to our five on five this morning let's go Zach what's going on y'all um, so last service I had these papers fly around everywhere. Um, so I'm going to see if they can stay with me. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so my name is Zach. Um, I'm going to be talking to you guys about vision today. So we're going to be reading out of Proverbs 29:18 in the message version. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. So let's check that first part out real quick. It says that they stumble. If you can't see what God is doing, it doesn't say they could stumble or they might stumble. No, it, it's, it's telling us that we will stumble, that I will stumble if I cannot see what God is doing. If I walk aimlessly around not knowing the vision that God has for my life, I will stumble. It's just a fact. So one time 
I was a chef for about eight years. And my very first job was at Mambo Italiano. Uh, and it was great. So second day of the job, again, never have cooked anything pretty much in my life. Didn't know how to make a Caesar salad. Uh, I'm on this station, the salad station, trying to make everything for lunch, and it's getting a little hectic. I'm getting a little stressed out. Uh, I'm not really paying attention to what's going on around me. Um, and so the server, he comes back, and he, he hands me this plate of lasagna, and he says, well, I thought he said to eat it up. And I was like, ooh, cool, this is awesome. You know, it's my second day. I'm going to get some trees. They like me. I'm keeping this job forever. It's going to be great. Well, so I go, and I sit down, and I eat it. Uh, so I come back, and uh, the service stand there, and he's like, hey, where's that lasagna? And I was like, oh, yeah, thanks for that, man. I appreciate that. He's like, no, that was for a guest. Um, yeah, I need you to heat that up, not eat that up. So basically, I got fired uh, that day. Uh, <laughs> But see, I didn't understand what he was saying because I was so focused on everything going around. I wasn't paying attention. I had no vision. I had no direction. I had to figure it out as I was going. And because of that, I stumbled. Like it says, if we can't see what God is doing, we stumble all over ourselves. But what is so good about God is that he does not leave us hanging. Yeah, he says, this is what will happen if we don't see him. But when... But when we see him, but when we attend, but when we attend to what he reveals, then, then we are most blessed. That word attend right there, that means to pay attention to, to when you're walking around to, to know what's going on, to actually see what he's doing, to be aware that we have a God who loves us so much that he wants to reveal a vision to your life, but all we have to do is pay attention. And he's been speaking when it says here, but when he reveals, that means he's been speaking so all we need to, sorry, but when he, they attend, when we attend to reveals, it means that he's been speaking all of our lives. Ever since you were even formed in your mother's womb, he's been working on you. He's, been, he's had a vision for you. Um, when you were born, he's been speaking into your life. He's been speaking into all of our lives. He, it doesn't matter if it was, it was now, if it's, or if it's the past, if it was now, or if it's the future, he's speaking. And all he wants you to do is pay attention he wants you just to pay attention. We go through our life. We go to the grocery store. We go to our job. We come home from our work. And the thing is, we're so focused on us. We have such a centralized vision of our lives that is so focused on us that all we go to God is saying, hey, God, we need this. Where are you? Where are you? And God's trying to say, I'm right here. Just look at me. Ask, like, let me receive. You need to receive what he has. We go through our life, we're so focused on all of our problems, and man, we need clarity. Man, I need this. Man, God, why don't you talk to me? Well, when we go to pray, the posture of prayer is not just to, to stand there, and it's not a request line. I mean, it is. Yeah, tell God what you need, but let him speak. Let him tell you what he wants for you. So, you see, he's been revealing his vision for your life since the day you were born. It's all about paying attention because when we pay attention, when we pay attention, then we are most blessed. Then when he tells me, hey, I need you to go this way. Okay, well, I have direction. And as I'm walking in that direction, I have a foundation. The foundation is my God, my father who created the heavens and the earth and everything around it. And I can step into that and walk out because he is my foundation. And though things might get tough, things might get tough. I have him to rely on because he's my foundation, and then I will be most blessed. Then I will be most blessed. So I'm here to encourage you 
That just like Pastor Jamie saying in the beginning, God has a vision for you. He has an idea for what you have called to be. But he wants you to pay attention in order to reveal it. He wants your heart. So my question is, what are you attending to? topic today is boldness. My scripture that I'm coming from today is Proverbs 28 and 1. The righteous is as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one is chasing. I like UFC fighting. You have two opponents. They're in this cage. They both have a corner. They have people in the corner cheering them on. Their coaches are in the corner cheering them on. You have two bold fighters coming to this cage. This fight is going to be crazy. Head to head, toe to toe, one on one. Everybody is watching. All eyes on me is that's what Tupac said. This is a spiritual battle we're in. We fight the enemy. I don't know about y'all, but sometimes you feel like life is a cage. You feel trapped. Sometimes the spiritual battle is a head-on-head with the devil. Sometimes the opponent is saying to you, you're not good enough. You're not strong enough. The whole time the opponent is looking at each other, at the other fighter, trash-talking him all the way up to the, to the cage. I'm going to make you tap out. Guess what? I'm going to do it. I'm stronger than you. Look at your family. It's all tore apart. Look at your depression. You don't, you don't have what it takes to win. That's what the enemy does to us daily. Whispering in our ears, trying to intimidate the opponent before he even throw the first punch. Satan tries to intimidate you before you get that job interview. He tried to intimidate you before your test results come back from your doctor. There are certain kind of holds. There's one hold called the choke hold. There's one called the joint lock hold. There's all different kind of holds. One of the opponent gets the other opponent in one of these holds. Let's say the choke hold. Everybody's familiar with that. You have two. You get two choices. The righteous is as bold as a lion. The wicked flee when no one is pursuing. The righteous isn't right standing with God. He is trained. He is prepared. He is calm. He knows how to control his breathing. He has been trained on how to not panic by the words of his coach. He's not going off his natural instinct because our natural instinct is what? To panic and flee. I will run. We're not of the wicked. We have been trained by godliness. We have been trained by the word of God. We even know when the enemy has us in the choco, we feel like we can't move. We can't breathe. Some of you today may feel like you're in a chokehold. You feel like you're hyperventilating. You can't breathe. You feel like you can't do anything, but he wants to get you in that place. Yeah, he does. But you're not one of the wicked because you're in a chokehold of the enemy. You're the righteous. You're a child of God. You have been trained. God is doing something. He's doing it right now in your life. He's speaking into your life right now. So what happens to these chokehold moments? What if the fighter who has been trained understands how to begin to relax, rest, breathe, and take his time, and all of a sudden, the fighter gasses out and loses his strength and his energy. I know some of you feel like you've been put in a chokehold and the devil's got you. No, no, no. Just remember that he's losing his strength and his energy as you rest in God. Remember, your, your family is restored. Things are beginning to come together. You are healed physically and spiritually. Come on now. 
Healing is taking place now. Just look at somebody and say, breathe. <laughs> I just want to make this personal. I was in that chokehold once before, but I am victorious. I know who I am in God. I speak the word of God. See, the enemy can't take the words from the Bible. He can't take when you speak in the word of God. He's tapping out. Now I have the victory. In the book of Acts, it talks about how God came out and gave us what? Boldness. Remember, you can get out of any chokehold. I'm here. I'm a living witness. I'm proof. I declare. I decree. I'm standing on the word of God. I will continue to walk in the word of God. I will continue to keep my eyes focused on the hill, to him. And I just want to encourage you today. Stay focused. Don't look to the right or to the left. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Have that tunnel vision. Remember his promises are yes and amen. Come on. I love God and he loves you too. Be strong. Can you hear me? They can now. I can't think of a better topic to be able to follow that God has given me um, than these two speakers, and I'm looking at giants, but specifically focusing with godly perspective instead of human perception. Focusing with godly perspective instead of human perception. So let's define some words because those are two Ps and they sound very similar. Perspective is a sense of proportion. When I say perspective, I want you to always think about God, a sense of proportion. Perception is a mental impression. I'm going to go ahead and give you my conclusion right now, but I'm not going to wrap because i still got some time. In 20th century, our postmodern culture talks to us about our perception, our mental impression, is our reality. So in this room right now is a couple hundred realities based on what postmodern thinking in the 20th century tells us. But friends, that may be true to some, but let me tell you right now, that's the same type of thinking that allowed us to believe at one point in our history that little old earth was the center of the universe. What I challenge you with is that in truth, that our big G God, our big G God, the master and the creator of the universe, the expansiveness of the universe, that earth is not the center of that, and we understand that through his perspective. Let's go to the scripture. Deuteronomy chapter 1, 28 through 31 is a familiar scripture that a lot of us know. The children of Israel are looking at taking the land that was promised to them that goes back to Abraham and their forefathers. And it says, where can we go? Our brothers have made our hearts melt in fear. They say the people are stronger and taller than we are. The cities are large with walls up to the sky. And we even saw the Anakites there. But watch this. Then I said to you, do not be terrified. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God who is going before you will fight for you as he did for you in Egypt. Before your very eyes in the wilderness, there you saw how the Lord your God carried you. I'm a father. This means a lot to me. As a father carries his son. All the way until you reach this place. God put a promise on my life just like he has a promise on a lot of you all in the room. The promise that God had for me, if you would have asked me years ago when I was a young child coming up, especially when I was in middle school, high school, Robert, what do you want to do when you grow up? I want to be a great husband and a great father. Those two things. It didn't matter. I didn't want to be an HR manager, a business owner. I wanted to be those two things. 
10 years ago, I went through one of the lowest, most depressive, hardest times in my life where I was challenged by a giant that today, friends, I'm still dealing with today. And as painful as it sounds, when I took this topic on, I didn't realize that my giant was actually going to reemerge in my life. I didn't say this in the first service, but imagine your son. I'm, 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 a, I'm a parent in a, a blended household, and I've been going, I went through a divorce 10 years ago. My son told me last week, he said, Dad, I used to hate you because I thought that you had moved on and you abandoned me. I said, do you still hate me now? He says, sometimes I do. He said, I used to hate my brother. We don't use the term half-brother, but this is half-brother because I'm remarried. I said, well, you, do you still hate him? He said, yes, yeah, sometimes I do. But I remember when I was in Baptist Hospital on the seventh floor in Little Rock, Arkansas, and I was at my wit's end, and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder because I allowed my giant. A lot of you all understand this because you take pictures and you use Instagram and you know how to out-angle. You know, I'm a big guy, but some of you guys in the room can out-angle me. Some of you all have such an orientation and a perception of life that you allow your giant to get on top of you like this, and that which is a little G giant overshadows your big G God. But see, I can stand here today and tell you that yea, though I walk through the shallow, uh, valley of the shadow of death, I can tell you right now, I'm back in my valley. But because I know what he did for me 10 years ago, I don't fear that. I don't fear that. I don't look at that situation with my ex. She's a sister in Christ. We just don't agree on some stuff. And it sucks, and I don't want to deal with it, and my heart hurts to have to go through that. But some of you all have a heart that's hurting because you have a perception of your reality that your little G giant is bigger than your big G God. And what I'm asking you today is will you just zoom out? Will you just zoom out and understand how big God not only is, but has been and also will be. So my challenge to you today is to lean not on your own understanding, but understand that God in his infinite glory and his perspective is much bigger than anything that you face and challenge. My name is Becca, and I'm going to be talking about love today. About a month ago, I was saying goodnight to my teenage daughter, and if you are the parent of a teenager, you know how those can go sometimes. But this one surprised me. You see, she told me that she didn't think she loved anyone. And so I want to let that sit for a second as you can try and imagine the emotions that were rising up inside of me. So on one hand, I was a little frustrated, thinking she's just trying to push my buttons, and I really just want to go to bed. But then also my heart was stirring. How could she say something like that? Have I not shown her love? Have I not taught her what love is? So I sat on the edge of the bed and I said, what do you mean? And so she started to describe what she thought love was. And it was painted by a picture from movies like The Notebook, five feet apart, 10 things I hate about you. And so she had done what many of us have done. And we've painted a picture of love determined by something that's not real, Hollywood, social media. So the next day, we had another conversation, and we looked through the Bible to see what, what were the examples of love in the Bible, and what, where did we see those in our life? And so the next day, I still had love on my mind, so I continued to research, and I continued to look through the Bible to see what scriptures had to say. 
And so I want to share two of those things with you. The first is that we are a conduit of, of love, not the source. You see, 1 John has some really good advice when it comes to love. In verse 19, it says, we love because he loved us first. You see, we can't love others beyond the love that we've received from our Heavenly Father. And way too often, we try to be the source of love instead of being with the source of love. About 15 years ago, I found out I was pregnant. And I was excited, but I was also scared. And some moms, you're not going to be able to, to relate to this, but I know that others, there are a few of you that will. You see, I was scared. I had this fear. I had a fear that I would not love my baby girl the way that I saw other mothers loving their baby. When I was little, when I was younger, I wasn't a girly girl. I didn't play with baby dolls. I didn't fantasize about my wedding day or my fairy tale life with kids. That just wasn't me. So I had this fear. But I want to tell you that on the day that she was born, something happened in my heart supernaturally. When they put her in my arms, my capacity to love grew. You see, that fear was because I was focused on me being the source of love. But when God's love flowed through me, I received the love that I needed for my daughter. You see, I think that there are some of you in the room who are tired and you're worn out because you're trying to be the source of love. And the Lord wants you to know that if you will just receive the love that he has for you, then you will be able to love others the way that you're supposed to. The other thing that I found in scripture is that love is a product of what we are planted in. So Galatians 5 talks about the fruit of the spirit, one of them being love. And the thing about fruit is that it's a result of where we're planted, the soil and the nourishment that it receives. You see, there can be good fruit and there can be bad fruit. And a hard truth is that you can't produce fruit on your own. I mean, sure, you can try and have kindness goodness and self-control, but let's be real, the things that we're facing in the world today, we can't show those things like we need to. Some of you think you have bad fruit because you've been through something really difficult and you've got some stuff in your soil. I want you to know that really all soil has manure in it, right? We've all been through some stuff. So don't discount your, your, your fruits. Don't discount the soil. What you really need to focus on is where are you planted. And know that if you are planted in God, you are feeding your spirit by the word, you are getting into worship, you are building a relationship with other believers, that fruit is on the way. And so the last thing I want to share is a quote that I read from C.S. Lewis. He says, while God is love... Love is not a God. You see, as humans, we have the unique ability to make mistakes in the name of love when we create our own definition of it and then justify ourselves by it. It's dangerous. But I believe the Bible has some really good examples for us. And when I look at John 13, Jesus spending time with his disciples, he starts out by washing their feet knowing that he's going to have some tough, difficult conversations because he's going to tell Judas that he's going to betray him and Peter that he's going to deny him. But yet he still chose to start their time together by washing their feet. And towards the end of the chapter, he says, I have a new commandment for you, and that is to love one another, and that is how the world is going to know that you are a Christian. 
So in today's world, I want my daughter to know what real love is so that she can give it to others. And I want you to know what real love is because our country is emotionally charged and hurting right now and they don't need what you or I define as love. They need the supernatural love of our Father. morning. Good morning, Transformation Church. I'm so excited to share a little bit about faith. I want to start by reading Hebrews 11, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now faith is a reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not seen, for by this our ancestors were approved. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was made from things that are not visible. So God tells us what faith is, right? Faith is believing that the things we long for the most but cannot see will be done. We know that God has set a plan for each and every one of us. And even though we can't see it, we know that all we have to do is walk in faith and believe that he has everything under control. Seems pretty simple, right? But yet there's times in our life where we feel like our faith is fading. We begin to feel like our faith is wearing out. It's kind of like our hair product. If you have curly hair like me, you could probably relate more. But, you know, when we're about to go out, we begin to do our hair. We put that gel, mousse, whatever you use, one, two, three step type of thing. I'm a one product girl. I just put one thing. I'm good to go. But um, you're getting ready. You're looking in the mirror. You're confident. You're looking good. And then you go out. But as the day goes on, your hair dries up. And you start feeling it doesn't feel as fresh as it did in the beginning. And you start thinking, oh, my God, it's probably freezy. It doesn't look good. Oh, my gosh, this weather's not helping me at all. Like my hair, you know, you start worrying. But it's not until you look in the mirror and realize, like, oh, my hair actually still looks good. The product is still there. You see, the thing that you thought was wearing off is actually not gone. The product is still in your hair. The product hasn't left your hair. You know, it just doesn't feel the same but doesn't mean it's gone. And that's how it, ha that's kind of how it ha what happens in our faith. You know, as we go into this journey, we, get, we begin to get hit by the things of the world and start feeling like our faith is wearing off because of everything that we've gone through. And I feel like God told me today that someone in here is tired. You're about to give up. You're at the end of your rope because you feel like your faith is no longer the same as it was in the beginning. And God needs you to know that all you have to do is go back and look in a mirror. What's the mirror? The mirror is God's word. You need to go back and look at his word so that you know that everything is still there. Everything is still okay. The reason why your faith is fading and you feel that way is because you keep fighting a battle that doesn't belong to you. You keep trying to win a battle that wasn't yours to begin with. So you are physically done. Your flesh is telling you that you are done. You are tired. But let me tell you who's not done. God isn't done. God isn't done. God is still fighting your battle because you still believe. Listen, faith is the backbone of belief. Faith is the backbone of belief, meaning that if you believe that God is the creator of this universe and that he sent his one and only son to die for you and me, then you are living in faith. If you believe in his promises and in who he says he is, then you are living in faith. And no one, listen, no one can take that away from you. No one can take that away from you. 
Even if it doesn't seem as big as it was in the beginning, it doesn't mean it's gone. Listen, in Matthew, God says that you can have the faith, the size of a mustard seed until a mountain to move from here to there and it still moves. Just because your faith seems small, it doesn't mean it's gone. Just because it seems small, it doesn't mean it's gone. That's like saying every time we face a giant, God runs away. That's not right. That doesn't even sound right. That's actually when God enters the battlefield before you even know a battle is approaching. Come on, y'all. He's in the battlefield. God is in the battlefield before you even know a battle is approaching. Stop trying to fight the fight. It's not your fight to fight. Listen, it's God's job to battle. It's your job to believe. It's his job to battle. It's yours to believe. Stop fighting the fight. You're going to get tired. He doesn't need you to be in the battlefield with him. He's already fighting it for you. So stop trying to fight the fight. Your faith is still there because you are a survivor of yesterday's storm. And that is proof that God is still fighting for you. And your faith is not gone. It's still there. Us being here today means that we have survived every battle that has faced us. Because we still believe even if it looks this small, that's all we need for God to continue fighting our battles for us. So listen, your faith is not gone, and God is definitely not done. Come on, man. Give it up for our five-on-five team. What a word. Man, how many you think the church is in good hands? Come on, God is still moving. Even in a pandemic, the gifts that are in them are in you. I'm so proud of you guys. Just for a second, would you have your seats for a moment? I want to pray for you here in a minute. But I want to tell you something. Just, I'm going to just close up. And I, I just know that how much prayer and heart and listening and, and faith they put into this word. And I believe God spoke through them. And, and here's what you need to know. I gave them a list of about 20 words or 15 words. And we didn't tell them what to pick. They actually picked the word through the list that was on their heart. And I know how the Holy Spirit supernaturally orchestrates these things. And, and if you look at it, the reality is of this, of this panel of the five on five speakers, this is the entire Christian existence in a continual loop, beginning with this vision, connecting to God and getting a God vision for your life. If you've never connected to Jesus Christ, you have your own vision. If you've connected to God and received him as your savior, you have a God vision. Some of you think God's done with you. If you're breathing, he still has a purpose for you. If you're breathing, you're still, you're still in the game. God still has a plan for your life. It starts with vision. God gives a vision. And then what happens after we get vision, it's gonna take great boldness to step out on a vision of God than it is your own vision. It takes great boldness to believe God for an invisible vision that you can't see. It takes boldness to step out and create the business God's saying to create or, or, or walk into the relationship God's saying to walk into or ask forgiveness the way God's saying. It takes boldness to walk out the vision God's giving you. And then what happens the minute we get a little boldness under our, under our hood, we get a little strength, okay, giants start showing up. We give our life to Christ. We get a vision for our life with God. We begin to walk in boldness and giants show up to begin to, to steal our boldness and to diminish our boldness. And the minute the giants show up, 
What do we have to do? Come on, the giants of racism, the giants of, of disunity, the giants of prejudice, the giants of pandemics, the giants of, of news outlets, and the giants of, of all the, the rhetoric, and the giants of political uh, uh, arguments, and the giants of hatred, and the giants of anger, and the giants of, of left wing, and the giants of right wing, and the giants of, of the pain of this planet, and the giants of disease, and the giants of relational dysfunction, and the giants of... And so, so the only choice we get well, the only choice we should choose is love. You get a choice to choose anger, hatred. You get a choice to choose bitterness or unforgiveness. or You get a choice to, to choose victim mentality or giving up. Or we can choose love. And love says, I'm sorry. Love says, let's talk. Love says, let's have a conversation. Love says, I'm no better. Love says, I'm going to prefer my brother higher than I prefer myself. Love says, to look at ourselves less and look at others more. Love says, I'm going to, I'm going to ask forgiveness. Love says, I'm going to grant forgiveness. Love says, I'm not going to fight the battle on my own. Love, love, love says, says, just God, fill me up because I don't have it. And then, and then the, the minute we begin to walk in love, we've got to, take a step into faith because in order to have love which is a, a fragile thing in this broken world it's going to take a lot of faith to stay in it and to walk it out come on what did Peter say to Jesus how many times should I forgive Lord seven he said 70 times seven and Peter said help my faith Because it takes faith to forgive and to walk in love and to walk in unity and to walk in this atmosphere on the planet that we're in. It takes faith. And then what happens from there? You get faith and you get strong and then God gives you vision and then you get boldness and then giants come and then you get love and then you need more faith to forgive. And it's just, it's just a continual walk with God. And every, every one of you in this room are at one of these spots or maybe multiple. But I want to pray for you if you're struggling in one of these spots and all of us probably are. I'm just going to pray a general prayer for each of these in our life. And you can just internalize what spot you're in. And what you need help with. And I'm going to believe the Holy Spirit to show up in that area. And, and to help in that area. And then I want to pray that those of you that have never really surrendered to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. That today's that day. And when I say that, I don't mean surrendering to church. I don't mean surrendering to rules. I don't mean surrendering to a denomination or or even a Ten Commandments. I don't, I don't mean surrendering to be a better, gooder person. It's not a word, but I don't mean that. I mean surrendering, saying you need the life of God. Jesus Christ showed up two plus thousand years ago as a man and as God. The Bible says he was fully God. He lived sinless. He lived spotless. He lived holy. He went to a tree, died, taking our sin, our shame, our guilt, our mistakes, nailed it to a tree, not so we could be better, so we could be alive. And then he went into the grave, died, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent life in his name. Some of you need the life of God. The Bible says if you would just surrender your life to Jesus as Lord, as God, his vision, his plan for your life, you get a fresh start in God. Eternity's doors are open. An eternal relationship with heaven forever just by saying yes to Jesus. Not by rules, not by church, by saying yes, Jesus, I believe you're God and I will follow you. Help me. Fill me with vision and boldness and defeat my giants and give me love and help me have faith. It only comes from you, God, not your own strength. Some of you today need a fresh start in God. And the Bible says it's by just saying, yes, Jesus. 
need a fresh start. Some of you maybe walked with Jesus in your past or you knew him from your parents or, or maybe being in church, but you've walked away from that plan and that path and you need to come back to God. It's not about doing better or working harder. It's about just surrendering. I'm going to pray for you. If you'd bow your heads and close your eyes with me, I just I believe for God in this place to do some miracles right now. Father, all across this room, you know where we are in every one of these positions or places in our walk with you. Our faith journey is a journey. It's a walk. It's a marathon. It's likened to a battle, a fight. It's so many things. And I pray for every individual in this room that's whether, whether they're at a vision place and they need vision fresh and anew or they need brand new vision from you as a child of yours because they've never surrendered. I pray for those that need boldness in a situation or those that are facing giants that are too big for them and have kind of outgrown in a perspective and they've lost perspective of who you are. God, I pray that they would see who you are in that giant battle right now. And I pray for those that need love for anger or hatred or, or despair that you would give them love now and fill them up. Lord, fill us up with love. We need it more than ever in this hour and those that need their faith strengthened God it's fading but it's not gone and they need it strengthened this morning God strengthen faith across this room I remember the man in the Bible said to you Jesus I believe but help my unbelief God help our unbelief in a pandemic hour in, a, in an hour where things seem to be shrinking that we could believe that you're actually expanding some eternal things where things on the outside seem to be shrinking you're actually expanding your purpose expanding your strength expanding your creation we believe God father we love you and we need you today heads bowed and eyes closed for another second if you're in this place and you say you know what pastor I've never I've never surrendered my life to Jesus I need that fresh start you were talking about I need that life of God I'm ready to say yes to Jesus I'm gonna ask you in a second to raise your hand I'm gonna count to three and you can put your hand up if you need a fresh start with God and you really know you need a new beginning and you're ready to surrender to Jesus again not rules not church not, not regulations, but, uh, but a man named Jesus who died on a tree for you and removed all sin, past, present, and future, and gave you his life. And he wants to give you life today. You know you need life in God. If you're ready to surrender, I'm going to pray a prayer. If you say, Jamie, include me in that prayer. Would you just put your hand up to me on three? One, two, three. Just put your hand up. I need a fresh start in God today. Anybody in this room, hold it up high so I can pray for you. I need a fresh start. God bless you, young lady. God bless you. Come on. Anybody else? Come on. Eternity's opening up. Jesus has given us, paved the way for eternity with God. Anybody else? I need a fresh start in Jesus today. Awesome. I'm going to pray a prayer. If you put your hand up, just pray these words with me. You can pray your own words. No magic in the words. If you didn't put your hand up and need to, would you put your heart up in this prayer right now? Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for dying on that tree 2,000 years ago. You took every curse. You took every sin. You took all shame. You took our guilt. You took our pain. You nailed it to a tree. You took the brokenness of this planet and nailed it to a tree to promise us a better eternity, a better home, a better place. And you went there and you're preparing that place, God. And you sent your son. You sent your spirit. You sent your life. And today we surrender and say, Jesus, be our Lord. Be our Savior. We believe you're God. Remove my sin and my guilt and my shame and give me life today. I receive you. I receive the life of God today. I give you my life for the rest of my life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen, amen, amen. Come on, give God praise this morning. Several people in here saying yes to eternity. I'm so proud of you. So proud of you. If you, if you, if you made that decision and said yes like that, come on, that's the greatest decision that you can ever make. 
in your entire life. If you did, we have a prayer team back here. There's a fresh start area in the back of the room. They have a free book for you. They'd love to put it in your hand. If you need prayer for anything as you leave today, we've got a t- you know, all, all these guys that had one of those topics. Maybe you need prayer for one of those. Our team's back there and they'd love to pray for you as well. And if you're a guest with us, thanks for being here. Can you guys give it up for our guests this morning? Such an honor you, you hang out with us today. We've got, a, we've got a gift for you out at our guest area. We'd love to put that in your hands. And then we don't, we don't pass buckets here. We kind of give as we go. There's boxes by the door. You can give online. Love you guys so much. Thank you for your generosity. Come on, let's be transformation in this city. In Jesus' name, God is on the move. Have an awesome week.